Shabbos Perk Ches Mishnah Base 8.2. The Mishnah continues. It's detailing of the requisite amount one would have to transfer various items in order to be liable for Hotza and Shabbos. The Mishnah starts out by talking about Hamotzi Chavel, if one transfers a piece of string. So how long is it the kind of string, how long is a piece of string that people would normally save for some use? The answer is enough string to make a handle for a basket. Ozen literally means ear, but here it means like a, a hanging handle, if you will, for a basket. As for gemi, which is like a um, reed, like a grass, reed grass, kadelasos talai nafa vila kavara. Enough reed grass to make a talai, a hanging hook, if you will, some kind of loop or other, to hang a napa and a kavara. A nafa is a sifter, like for sifting wheat, kavara, like a kind of like a colander or a sieve. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda is going to consistently disagree with various amounts here and have a more strict shear and say even lesser amounts are still useful and therefore one will be liable in the next coming up Mishnayas. In all the cases, the halacha does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. And here he says, if you have a piece of string or a piece of reed, you know what that's good for? It would be useful, if you want to take the shoe size of your child, a little kid child, so how do you tell the cobbler exactly how big his foot is? Well, you take the piece of string, you'd measure from heel to toe, and you'd bring that little piece of string in and say, make me a shoe for a foot the size of this piece of string. And therefore, for both chevel string and also gemi reed grass, says Rabbi Yehuda, if it's big enough to measure a small child's foot, it's useful and won't be liable. Again, halacha does not follow Rabbi Yehuda. As for niyar, niyar means papyrus. In modern Hebrew, niyar, of course, means paper. But in the time of the Mishnah, and there are really two basic things you could write on. The less expensive papyrus, niyar, the word paper in English comes from papyrus, um, which is sort of like rolled grass. Um, you see it in, it was used in Egypt a lot. And the other option in the time of the Mishnah really was parchment. That is animal hide, like what we write our mezuzah on, etc. Now, parchment, since you have to kill the animal and prepare its hide, um, cure it, etc., ma'abed, so that is much more expensive. And now we're going to talk about first niyar over here, which is the papyrus, the less expensive. So how much niyar, but all of them were expensive relative to what we pay today, of course. They were all expensive tools. And therefore, the question is, when it comes to papyrus, how much papyrus is the amount that a person would save? The answer is, enough that you could get a receipt on it from the tax collector. The idea is, when a person, let's say, would move his goods down the river or his person down the river, there'd be um, tax stations along the way on the river. And when you pay your tax, you get like a stamp, just like today, basically, or not, not so long ago. So um, that Kesher Mochsin is the sort of a two letters that the tax collector to put, like his signature, so to speak, with you know two big letters that would symbolize that you've paid, and that's your receipt so that you can confirm you paid your taxes. So if it's big enough to get the receipt, um, just even two big letters that you get from the, the tax collector, then you'd save that piece of paper so you could get the receipt when you need it. And therefore, that's the answer here. Niar, if you transfer papyrus, it's k'teilich tovalav, kesher mochsen, it would be a piece big enough to have a little um, tax collector's receipt stamped to it. And if one transfers an actual tax receipt, then he's certainly chayev. You might scratch your head and ask, wait a second, if you're liable even for the paper that the tax receipt could be written on, of course you're liable for transferring the tax receipt itself. Um, the answer is that, <clears throat> well, that's true, 
You could also have a tax receipt written on parchment. If you have parchment hand, you would get rid of the parchment instead. And since parchment is more expensive, people would prefer not to do that. And therefore, as we'll see in the coming of Mishnah, that when it comes to parchment, the amount that one would save it for is not enough for Kesher Mohsen, for a tax receipt, but something bigger, for a little, like a tefillin, um, one of the parshas in the tefillin, the shortest parsha of the tefillin. So therefore, the normal rule is that for parchment, the blank parchment, the quantity required to be high is larger than the amount for a tax receipt. But the mission is saying here, if you've got a tax receipt on parchment, even though it's a small piece of parchment, you'll be liable because now it's significant. The Mishnah says, finally, niyar machuk, if you have papyrus, which has been used one too many times, they'd write and then sort of scratch out and rewrite. Once it's become totally smoothed uh, out and sort of in blurry and gray, you wouldn't be able to use the papyrus anymore to write on. At that point, it's really not useful as a writing surface, but it's still useful for other things. And the case the Mishnah here says is, as long as it's big enough to act as essentially a makeshift cork, you could roll up the piece of paper, the papyrus, and shove it into the little file, the vial, the container you have that's holding perfume, small container for perfume, and that would be enough to stop it up so it shouldn't evaporate, and therefore you'd have a great use for your now worn-out and otherwise unwritable papyrus. You could use it as this makeshift cork. And that's what the mission says again. Enough to roll it up. to roll up. Into the mouth, meaning the hole in the top of, a very small, um, like, um, file, you know, jar, container, shelpuliatin, that you would use to store perfume, a very small container. That's how much um, papyrus is significant.